Charlia. Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and am daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hello everybody and welcome back for another episode of the Good Luck Charlie podcast. That's how I start every episode so I guess that's a new trend. I hope you have had a fabulous week. I hope you learned something. I hope you loved a lot. But mostly, I hope that you had the opportunity to be real with yourself and real with the people that you trust because it's when we get real and when we share our true heart and get vulnerable that life gets good. Yeah, when we get real, life gets good. Anywho, today's episode is just going to be another one of those episodes where I talk a little bit about everything that I've been learning. So to begin with, I shared this one on my story at goodluck underscore Charlie pod the other day. And it's a story that my teacher was talking to me about. He was telling me about how his son, he watched do a 100 meter race at his primary school the other day. And he was winning and he was so fast and everyone thought he was going to do so much better than everyone. But at the 98th meter, just before the race ended, he just stopped. And it's like he looked over at all the adults watching, shrugged his shoulders and was like, yeah, I don't care. I can't be bothered anymore. And all the adults were like, run, run. No, this is the part that matters. Don't give up now. Run, run. Keep on going. Like finish strong. Like doesn't even matter the past 98 meters if you've won them. Don't even matter if you don't finish the race. Keep on going. Keep on going. And this little boy just could not be bothered. So all everyone was laughing and giggling away but they were also like oh come on man like you were so close can't you see can't you see that outside perspective of how close you are in comparison to how far you run and can't you see that you should have just made it worth it so then the reason the teacher was talking to me about this is because I am in the last two meters of schooling in terms of my 100 meter race and so I have done really well the past 98 meters But recently, I've kind of lost motivation and lost a bit of that drive to just do really well. And he goes, Talia, come on, you've got two meters left. Like, how do you want to finish? Finish strong, make it all worth it, yada, yada. And this was kind of hard for me to hear because I was like, when you put it that way, yeah, it sounds silly giving up in the last little bit. Yes, it sounds silly not trying as hard the last two meters when there's literally two two meters left. But from my perspective, I was like, I cannot put any more effort in. I cannot make myself care any more than I do. Right now, I'm realizing and wanting to prioritize my mental health health over finishing this race. And that was kind of hard for me to process, kind of hard for me to realize and accept. But ultimately, I think you do have to realize what's important. So I was struggling a little bit with this. And I shared it on the story and someone responded with exactly what I had been thinking, but didn't quite know how I feel. And they said, but what do you do if it feels like if you keep going those two meters, you're going to collapse from being exhausted and overworked. Like I'm struggling with work lately and I want to push through and I'm terrified people will think I'm a failure or a disappointment if I give up in those last two meters, but I don't know what to do. I want to go and I want to run those last two meters and I want to make it all worth it, but I'm also worried that I'm going to collapse after one meter. And I was like, yes, I feel this. I was like, I definitely agree. 
And the reason the teacher was telling me this is because I've just dropped a sub, just dropped a subject and I'm literally collapsing in the last two meters and the teachers and everyone around me just thinks it's crazy of me. People around me are all like, get perspective. Six months is not long in the grand scheme of things. Try to enjoy it. High school's great, which is all very true. But actually, it's not true because if every day feels like a struggle, it is okay to admit that. And you don't have to pretend like it isn't a struggle. If you have two meters to go, but can't even lift a toe, that is okay. I didn't even realize that rhymed. You're a poet and you didn't even know it. If you have two meters to go, but can't even lift a toe, that is okay. What are some things that you can drop to make it easier to run those last two meters? Or maybe you're okay with losing the race because maybe it wasn't even something you wanted to race for and win in the first place. I'm not sure. But I hope that there is some light coming at the end of that tunnel and the end of those last two meters. Because it is true. If it is not a race that you want to win, you don't have to keep on winning. You don't have to keep on trying to run for it, even if it's just in the last two meters. Someone else said, I think the moral of this story is what you get is when you get to the 98 meters and feel like giving up, you have to reevaluate and decide if the reward is worth it or if you need to rest at 98 meters, or if it's a race you don't even want to participate in, etc., etc. Everyone is in their own different lane with different fitness levels, which is so true. The whole in your own lane adds a whole different metaphor and a whole different element to it as well. Maybe it's a race that you can take again next year. Maybe you need to train a little bit more before you can do it. I don't know, but it's just a bit of a metaphor and analogy that I think can speak to a few different areas of our life. Something else that I've been thinking about recently, which was spurred on by a quote that I read, which again, just summarized things that I kind of wasn't even aware that I was feeling. And this is the quote. Ironically, when we start to get better, we also often get sad because we start to realize how much we've missed out on, how badly certain people failed us and what the younger version of us actually deserved. Healing involves healthy grieving. There is no way around this. And I put this on the story and asked, have you experienced this in your own life? And 87% of you said yes. And for me, I've realized that more and more this year, I've felt this quote as true. And as I change and grow and probably become a healthier version of myself, I'm also mourning the person I used to be and who I thought I would be for my future. And so I guess maybe some little examples of this is I used to be someone who was definitely described as a social butterfly who would love hanging out with friends, going out all the time, doing tons of things with different people. I love to travel and push myself out of my comfort zone and all these things, which I still love to do, but in a lot less moderation. And now a perfect day is kind of going for a walk by myself, coming home, reading a good book, relaxing, lighting a candle rather than going on some crazy adventure with friends and it is kind of sad sometimes I miss that version of myself who could be super easily energetic and just be love boldly and crazy and huge but I I also think I'm learning that the person I am and the person that I'm becoming is maybe a little bit quieter and more subdued but she's more grounded and she's more peaceful and she has a better sense of what matters and a better sense of priorities, but it's also okay to miss a little bit of who you used to be or who you thought you were. 
And I think a lot of people can experience a similar thing or struggle with a similar thing when they've maybe dreamed about being something for so long. For example, they've always dreamed about being a doctor from when they were four. And now maybe they're in a place in their life where they don't know if they want that anymore. And it's really hard to change your ideas and you don't know whether you're almost neglecting your five-year-old self or the little dreamer kid if you choose not to pursue those ideas anymore and go down a new path or a new dream of what you want to be if that makes sense so yes it's okay to let go of who you once were and it's actually necessary and then I want to come to this theory this idea concept that I heard a fair few years ago I don't remember the first time I heard it, but it makes a lot of sense. And I kind of thought that everybody knew this idea, but I was talking to someone about it a little while ago and they had never heard of it and they really liked it. So I wanted to share. There is this theory that your life consists of four burners and these four burners are health, family, friends, and work. And these are the four factors that make up your life. And the idea and the theory states that to be successful, you can only have three of these burners. So if you're really successful in your job, you might have to get rid of the burner of friends. Or, and if you want to be super successful, you can only have two of these burners. So it's all about priority and what you want. But I remember finding this quite sad. And a few years ago, I went to an event which was all about like girl empowerment and it's supposed to be really motivational and empowering and you can be successful and you can do whatever you want. But there were these speakers who were coming along and they were talking about how they had reached their place of success. And I remember being like, this is depressing. They're like, well, I wake up at 5.30 and I go to the gym from... 5.45 to 6.45 and then I come home and I drink this healthy shake, say quick hello to my kids and then I go to work yada, and I come home at 7 and then I journal and I read and I cook a really healthy dinner and then I go to bed and I do it all again and that's how I'm successful. And I was like, what? When do you have fun? When do you relax? When do you spend really good quality time with your friends or your family? And they're like, and yes, I have to make sacrifices and I don't give my family maybe as much time or I don't whatever, but I'm really successful and my business is growing and all this stuff. And I remember walking away from that and being like, if anything, I learned that that is actually not what I want for my life. And if you do, that is fine. But I guess it does fit with the idea of the four burner theory. They were really successful in work and they also seemed to be very fit and healthy because they knew that that was important. But then it felt like their friends and their family were suffering maybe because of it. Again, it's just a little idea, but also maybe it can help you have some clarity in your life as well, because maybe you are working really hard at school or whatever and you feel guilty for maybe not spending enough time with your friends or a whole range of other things, just realize that you don't have to feel guilty um, for maybe quote unquote slacking off in some areas because your success and your hard work in one area, if that is what you want, will be reward and achievement enough. And also maybe this will just help you to understand that yes, different areas of your life will be sacrificed or compromised at times so you can be more successful or pursue what you want in one area. So it's okay if something is on the back burner at the moment. So that is the four burner theory. Now I'm coming to something which is so, so privileged to be able to say, but it's been on my mind a lot and 
I've been thinking about it a lot throughout my whole entire life. I heard this phrase and it is crippled by opportunity. And that is how I feel sometimes in my life. I in Australia as a white female have been so on it to have so many opportunities by my parents, but also just the place where I live and my own kind of work ethic. But there are so many opportunities and there are so many directions that my life could take that it almost is terrifying to even begin. And everyone always says your life will work out. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to be. God has a plan, yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, I believe that and that is great. But what is the first step that I could take? And it is so weird as I enter my last full term of high school to sit back and realize that I have absolutely zero idea what my life is going to look like a year from today, six months from today, let alone five years from today. And people always tell you to make five years, make five year plans, have goals, but I have no idea. So if you have no idea, it is okay. I am right there with you and we will work it out. Apparently everyone tells us it'll work out and I'm sure it will. But it's okay to have no idea. It's okay to have absolutely no idea what you want the first step to be, let alone the second or the third. And it's terrifying, but it actually really is a privilege to have so many opportunities and to have so many different options. And I love that phrase, crippled by opportunity, because it sums up so much. I have so many desires for my life, so many things I want to pursue, and I am so privileged and fortunate to be able to say that. But it really is, can be quite confusing and difficult. But something that I have found comforting is that life is a little bit longer than what we realize. And I heard someone say the other day, you overestimate the amount you can do in a year. So then you can end up feeling kind of hopeless in a year, but you underestimate the amount that can happen or that you can do in five years, which is so true. So you overestimate the amount you can do in a year, but you underestimate the amount you can do in five years. If you talk to your parents or someone that you love and trust that is only even a few years older, you'll realize how much happens in a couple of years that you don't even realize. I was on a hike with some family friends. It was not a hike. It was a little walk to a waterfall with some family friends the other day. And somehow we weren't fully on the path and we didn't know how to get to the little path. And so we almost backtracked to find it. And someone else was like, I'm going to backtrack. It's way easier. I don't want to mess up. Like, sure, you can go ahead and be lost walking around for an hour. I'm going to go on the slightly longer route just so I know that we are on a path. But the others were all arguing and being like, no, go this random way. It's way more fun. What is life if it's not a challenge? And etc. And this friend goes, I don't like doing things the hard way just to do it the hard way. I would like to do it a way that guarantees success where I know I'm going to be safe and I just would rather take the efficient route. I was thinking about this and I was like, that's an interesting and valid point. And so I was talking with her about how throughout my high school life, throughout my life full stop, I have always taken like the hardest route possible. If it's an assignment, I have encouraged myself to choose like the hardest topic or a topic that I don't think others are going to choose because I literally want to make life harder for myself. I feel like it's not I'm not good enough if I take the easy option, which is so silly because why wouldn't you want to make life easy for yourself? Why wouldn't you want to make it easy for you to make the right decisions? Like, uh, duh. even my parents are wonderful and they'll often 
offer to help me buy something or pay for something because they're my parents and I'm still under 18. And yet for some reason, I feel so bad if they give me money or buy me clothes or buy me things that I need because I feel like I should be doing that by myself. And it's like, Talia, you have to let people and whatever your name is, insert your name, you have to let people care for you and you have to be able to accept gifts freely, even if you haven't done anything to deserve them. And you don't always have to take the hardest option. And I was realizing the reason I do this is because I want to be so independent. And throughout the week, I was actually home alone. My parents and family went away on a holiday, but I just wanted to stay home and relax before all the craziness started back up again. And I was realizing how much I love being home alone and how much I loved being independent. And my whole life I've been that way. But I actually think I I view independence as a strength, but I think I'm kind of realizing it's almost a weakness because trusting others requires vulnerability and trust is probably one of the strongest things that you can have and do. And when you're willing to put your life or your trust or something into somebody else, that is so strong and powerful and you don't have to make life complicated for yourself you don't need to make life hard on yourself yes life is difficult and it is challenging but you don't have to choose for it to be hard and challenging it's even something like okay you say I want to start going to the gym more make it as easy for yourself as possible get gym clothes and put them next to your bed so when you wake up in the morning that's what you do wear gym clothes throughout the day so you say I'm not going to go to bed. I'm not going to take these clothes off until I do a workout. Make it easy for yourself to make the right decision. So yes, it is great to be independent. It is great to challenge yourself and go outside your comfort zone, but also you don't have to make the simple things in life complicated. You don't have to make life hard for yourself. It's already going to throw you curveballs. Life is already going to be challenging. So why not try to make it as easy for yourself as possible? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope there are a few things that you could take away and continue to think about and mule over because every day is an opportunity to learn. Bye and have a great week. Good luck, Charlie. Bye. Good luck, Charlie.